premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. This is Joe Ruciello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast and our Thursday night Bible study. Well, folks, praise the Lord. The holidays are over. We've launched into a new year, and uh, this is the year that we hope that the Lord returns. Now, I'm not trying to set dates or anything like that because that would be absolutely wrong, and I would probably be wrong too. But um, if the Lord does return this year, just keep this in mind, it could be just a few months away. Well, how do you know that? Well, because if you study your Bible, particularly passages in the Song of Solomon, you find out that the Bible indicates that the rapture of the church will take place in the springtime. So now if that's the case, buckle up, believer. Buckle up. Because it's coming. It's right around the corner. So now that all of the uh, Christmas and the New Year's messages are done, uh, and trust me, I've not only my own, but I've listened to a few others, I am so thankful that Christmas and New Year's are over. And uh, I'm excited because we're going to get the opportunity now to move back into our study of 2 Timothy. And Lord willing, once we finish with 2 Timothy, we'll be moving over into the book of Revelation right after that, which I am really excited to get into because I've never taught it, but um, I've sat on some really good teaching and preaching on it, and I'm excited to, uh, to, to, to bring what I can to the table in this. And um, the thing with the book of Revelation, is, and I've told you this before, is that it's not a hard book to understand. It really isn't. If you just take the time, read the book, it's not hard to understand. The issue with the book of Revelation is that it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. But we're going to tackle those issues, and we're going to get into some really good Bible study in just a few weeks when we get into the book of Revelation, because we still have to finish 2 Timothy, and believe it or not, we are still in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and uh, what we're going to be bringing to you today is part 4 of 2 Timothy chapter 2. So we're going to be getting into that in just a little bit. 
But before we do, I'm going to ask you to do two quick things. First of all, please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And when you get there, head over to our contact section and look for that web form, open it up, and send us a message. It's just that simple. You can let me know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, and importantly, your prayer requests. I really look forward to getting your prayer requests because I look forward to spending my quiet time with the Lord, uh, praying for the things that, that I already have on my heart and mind, and also to be able to pray for you. Because the Bible tells us that we ought to pray for one another, and we ought to pray without ceasing. So I appreciate when you guys send me your prayer requests, so I would ask you to please continue to do so. Now, uh, if you don't like using the web form to do that, that's fine. You could always email me directly by going to info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And also, folks, while you're on the website, would you please look for that Support This Podcast button? And when you find it, would you please consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set that up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Uh, and I know that the economy's tight. You know, gas prices are high. Food bills are high. Your uh, home energy costs are high. Everything around us is high-priced right now. Uh, so doing a monthly recurring contribution might be a little difficult for you. But if you can make a one-time contribution, we have set it up on our website where you can click the Waygiver button, and you can make that one-time contribution on there as well. So, folks, why don't you pray about it? And if the Lord leads you to do it, you know, if these podcasts and these live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, and you would like to become an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a very, very long way, and I would be extremely thankful for it. Now, usually at this point, I like to take a few minutes just to say thank you. Uh, first and foremost, thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ, first of all, for saving me. Uh, I, was, I was on my way, a fast track to hell. I had a death warrant on my soul, and uh, I was in jeopardy of uh, going into the worst place imaginable, the devil's hell. And folks, the Lord Jesus Christ reached down his nail-scarred hand from heaven, and he pulled me out of that pit and I am so thankful, I am so very thankful to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the Holy Spirit for using the man that led me to Christ to do that through a message that he was preaching on his radio program uh, on hell and who's going there. You know, that's, I think that's why I have such a, a, a soft spot for doing a radio ministry sim like this, like a podcast or a live broadcast or terrestrial radio, whatever you want. Uh, because it was through that particular medium that I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. So, again, thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for saving me, and I also want to say thank you uh, to the Lord for allowing me the privilege of opening up the Word of God to sit here behind a microphone and share the Word of God with you and uh, in, in hopes of passing along some information, some bit of knowledge, some bit of understanding, some bit of encouragement, that uh, you might be needing, or believe it or not, even I might be needing. Folks, there are many times where I'm teaching, where I'm preaching, that I may not necessarily be speaking to you. I might be speaking to myself. 
For example, just a few weeks ago, before Christmas and New Year's, uh, you know, when we started our study in Second Timothy in chapter 2, uh, we spent some time on uh, uh, just one word, just one word, one verse. We spent a whole lesson studying the word grace and the different types of grace that God has for us. Grace, types of grace like suffering grace, types of grace like dying grace, great task grace, giving grace, many different types of grace. And we spent a whole Bible study, almost two hours, studying the word grace from 2 Timothy chapter 2. Then the following week, we talked about uh, enduring hardship as a good soldier for Jesus Christ. Man, those are two messages that I, I needed, evidently, because the Lord put it on my heart to, to teach it. He gave me what I needed to teach it. And then we also spent some time in uh, uh, talking about uh, spiritual warfare. So, you know, these studies have been, have been a blessing. And again, you know, they're not always directed towards you. Sometimes they're directed towards me. Now, folks, I also want to say thank you to uh, all of you who support us prayerfully. Your prayers are so important to us. Uh, just the encouragement that uh, we get from opening up those emails and just seeing those short little emails. You know, hey, preacher, we're praying for you. Preacher, God bless you. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, uh, last week I read a letter, an email to you that I received from uh, one of our listeners, Al, Brother Al Powder. I mean, what an encouragement that was, an absolute encouragement and a real blessing. So, uh, so please keep praying for us. Keep praying for this ministry. Keep praying for me. Keep praying for my family. Uh, keep praying. Keep praying and keep praying. That's what the Bible tells us to do. So keep doing it. Keep doing it. I also want to say thank you to all of you who already support us financially. Thank you so much for your contributions. Uh, if it wasn't for your contributions, a lot of the things that we're involved with right now, we wouldn't be able to be involved with. A lot of the platforms that we're on, we wouldn't be able to be on because it takes funding to do that. And uh, I just want to say thank you so much to every one of you who have uh, financially supported us. Uh, folks, I don't make any money doing this. Not a penny of what comes into this show goes in my pocket. Everything that comes in goes out, whether it's to uh, purchasing uh, the sword swag, which we'll come to later, or it's, it's, it's purchasing the airtime that we have. Uh, the, some of the platforms that we're on require some payments. So uh, because of your contributions, I'm able to do those things and to bring you uh, these Bible studies and these uh, these preaching services that we do on Sunday. And uh, again, I don't put a penny of this in my pocket. It all comes in. It all goes out. And I'm very thankful for that. I appreciate that very, very much. So, uh, so again, thank you so much for all of your support. Thank you, folks, uh, for all of your prayers, your financial support. And I also want to say thank you at this point to every single one of you that listen in faithfully to everything that we put out. Thank you so very much. Uh, by doing that, especially on, on apps like Good Pods, I mean, on Good Pods, we are the number one podcast in, I think it's four categories right now. Unbelievable. I mean, only the Lord can do that. Because listen, folks, I've listened 
to the show. <laughs> I know it's not all that great. It's not always all that polished. It's not always uh, the best quality uh, Bible study or preaching that you can get. Trust me, I, I listen. But, you know, God is using you, and He's using this show, and He's using He's using me in a, in a way to reach folks. And uh, by you listening and keeping us up on the charts like that, you're attracting people to the program. And how do I know that? Because when I go on to a podcasting app, the first thing I go to is, is I look at what's trending. I look at who's on top. And I tend to gravitate to that to listen to see what it is that they've got. And uh, the same thing happens with us. I mean, our listening, uh, our, our numbers have jumped incredibly over the last, I want to say, six, maybe eight shows that we've done. I mean, it, it's been unbelievable to me. But then again, if you can explain it, then God isn't in it. And I can't explain it. So God must be in it. So again, thank you, folks, for uh, all of your support, for listening, for your prayers, for your financial support. God bless you. Thank you so very, very much for it. Now, folks, if you're in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, would you please consider visiting us at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service begins at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, you can always visit the church's Facebook page. All you need to do is just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and then once you get over there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information, and you'll also find archived episodes of this podcast. And I do want to say thank you to Pastor John Monk, my pastor, my friend, for allowing us to use the church's Facebook page to upload the podcast so that uh, we can get a, a, a larger reach. And uh, it has been helping, and I really do appreciate it. And also to the folks at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, uh, thank you so very much for this opportunity to, uh, to, to share this. Uh, you guys know I don't have a Facebook page, and I'm not interested in having a Facebook page. But uh, I, I do appreciate that First Baptist Church allows us to post on theirs. But folks, no matter where you're listening, Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hit that five-star review. If you're on Spotify, you can hit that five-star. Good Pods, you can hit the five-star. Uh, Apple Podcasts, you can hit the five-star. And if you, if, if you feel like we deserve it, hit it. Hit it. Because what that does, that boosts the algorithms and the search engines and puts us closer to the top so that when folks are searching for a Bible study or a, or a, a, a preaching-type uh, podcast like ours, they'll find us. And, by, and, and, and how that helps to spread the gospel is because we try, and every show we do, we try to present the gospel in a clear, easy-to-understand, concise way, easily followed and, uh, and, and, and when folks hear it, they can respond to it, and there's little to no questions to be asked because we try to cover everything as we go through it. So again, folks, 
Like, subscribe, share, five-star review, friends, families, and followers, and you'll be doing your part in helping to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in doing that, you'll also earn yourself a millennial reward. I guarantee it. It's in the Bible. All right, folks, uh, moving on to some announcements here. We have our uh, Sermon Sunday broadcast will be at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, it's our usual Sunday service. We'll be getting into uh, some preaching from the Word of God. Really look forward to that time with you guys, and uh, I hope you do too. And also, you know, for the Sunday sermons, um, you know, the numbers have been pretty good on the live listens too. I mean, I just really have been watching this, and it's been really increasing, and I'm very thankful for that. And again, that goes right back to liking, subscribing, and sharing it. So please continue to do that. Uh, don't forget to head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and look for that programming announcement subscription box that's on our website. And folks, all that really is, let me just get a little sip of uh, some water here, a little dry. Mm. I make all the noises just so you know that I'm actually sipping out of our Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs. Uh, so the programming announcement subscription box, just fill that out. You'll get on our email list, and if there are any changes in the programming, whether it's uh, a schedule change or a guest or, or, or whatever it might be, uh, we'll send out an email on that list, and you'll be in the know, which is very important to be. Uh, you don't want to miss a show, folks. Trust me. Just think about Andrew. Andrew missed the first appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ after the resurrection. Why? Because he wasn't there. So you don't want to miss this either. All right. Uh, while you're on the website, head over to the Sword Swag tab on our website, and there you'll find these really nice uh, Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs, which I'm taking another sip of water from because I don't know why I'm so dry. And uh, you can also find our Sword of the Spirit podcast T-shirts. And um, the, uh, the Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mug will set you back for a $25 donation. And the T-shirt will set you back for a $35 donation. So why don't you head on over there? We have plenty ready to go. And we will get that to you. All you need to do is just click the info button that's on the page. Send me your contact information, your mailing information. I will send you back the link to where you can make your contribution. And once we get that, uh, that, that contribution received, we will send out your, uh, your items. So head on over there, check it out, and uh, make sure you get your stuff. Make sure you get your swag. All right, folks, and also just want to remind you that starting uh, the second Sunday of every month of 2023, will be our Missionary Sunday. And what we'll do is we will highlight a particular ministry that's serving in a foreign field or serving here at home, and we will uh, highlight their work, what they're up to, what they're doing. We'll be reading through their prayer letters, letters, and uh, I'll get the word straight someday. Um, and then uh, we'll just talk a little bit about what they're doing. And Lord willing, if we're able to, we're going to look to divert a small portion of the monthly support that we receive to that particular missionary. So uh, something to pray about, too, folks. If you can directly give to a missionary, I would so recommend you doing that. I really would. It's a real blessing to do it. And again, you'll be earning yourself some millennial and uh, eternal rewards. So think about it. Consider it. 
and get in on it. And last but not least, uh, folks, if you are a prepper or if you're interested in prepping, I'd like to recommend the Contra Radio Network. The Contra Radio Network is a podcast and vidcast uh, for, uh, for uh, discerners, uh, for, pay, uh, for preppers and patriots, uh, co- covering the issues and concerns of, uh, of those folks uh, as, they, uh, as they go ahead. <laughs> I just messed up that read totally, totally messed it up. Sorry, guys. Uh, that's the, probably the joy of doing a live show is that you mess up the read. You can't go back and redo it. So, uh, But check out the Contra Radio Network, and uh, you can find them at www.crn.best, www.crn.best. You need to put the W's. Because if you don't, you get a page load error. And uh, you're going to find some really great programming on there. I check the station out at least twice a day. There's a couple of good, um, really good uh, political podcasts. And if you know anything about me, you know I'm a political junkie. I'm a political nut. And um, they have some really good political podcasts on there. David Knight puts on a really spectacular show uh, full of really good information and really well done. Uh, I appreciate his show. Uh, there's also the uh, the shows on prepping, which I've been listening to, and I was never really interested in, in prepping at all. But uh, after listening to some of the shows on there, you know what? It's kind of been changing my mind a little bit about things. So might be a good thing to check them out, www.crn.best. And also on crn.best, you'll also find our little show, uh, John, guy who runs uh, CRN, contacted me some months ago, asked if we if we would be able to post our show on on the network, that his folks were looking for some uh, Bible study type broadcast and prayed about it. The Lord said, yeah, go, go ahead and do it. And that's what we did. And it has been such a blessing. I've been uh, getting some good feedback from the Contra Radio Network folks, and I am really thankful for that. All right, folks. Well, we are about that point into today's show where we're going to take our first break of the night. Let my voice get a little bit of a rest here. And then when we come back, we'll be jumping into our prayer requests. Uh, now, this is a Thursday night, so we don't go into the the whole exhaustive name-by-name list. But uh, we will pray for those that are in need of salvation, those that are sick, those who have general prayer requests, and our unspoken prayer requests as well. So, Uh, Folks, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Smash that five-star review if you can. And this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and we'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening.
worship the King, all glorious above, and gratefully sing His wonderful love. Our shield and defender, the Ancient of Days, pavilion in splendor and girded with praise.
Hey, folks, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and we are just about ready to get into our prayer requests for this evening. Just want to remind you that if you have a Spreaker account, uh, you can jump on into our chat group just by going over to the show's page, and you'll see the chat group right there. Some of the guys are already in the group chatting away, so um, we're going to get into our prayer requests in just a second. Uh, let's see. What do we got? All right, so uh, as usual, we're going to be praying for those on our prayer list that are in need of salvation, and we're going to be praying for my mom, my sister. We're praying for David up in New York City and Fairman. Uh, then going down through our sick list, we're going to be praying for Pastor Martin, uh, as you guys know, Pastor Martin uh, is 89 years old, still active in the ministry. He's out there street preaching. Uh, he is uh, dealing with a number of, uh, of ailments, including heart problems and kidney. I'm sorry, not kidney. Uh, I don't know where I got that from. Uh, heart problems, blood pressure problems, eczema problems, medication, uh, and his vision. Uh, Pastor Martin reads 10 chapters out of his Bible every day through a magnifying lens. So uh, we're going to pray for him. We're also praying for Mary Perez with cancer. We're praying for my mom, Diane, with uh, COPD. And uh, she's also recovering from a minor procedure she had last week. Uh, we're praying for Laura, my sister, with a slipped disc in her back, waiting for those results. And uh, we're also praying for Bernice. Uh, for her cancer treatments, <clears throat> excuse me, her chemotherapy, uh, and uh, for the for cancer, uh, she's been battling this for such a long time. And uh, but yet, every time you see her at church, she has a smile on her face. She's she's happy, and uh, you know she gave a testimony a couple of weeks ago uh, that was really a wonderful testimony, and uh, I appreciated that very much. We're also praying for Alan, uh, who's scheduled for surgery this month, dealing with prostate cancer. We're also going to be praying for uh, Janae, who has uh, heart problems uh, as well. And we're also praying for Fairman, who's in the hospital, uh, dealing with cancer and still dealing with a fractured L2 vertebrae uh, from uh, a tumor that he had as a result of the cancer. Uh, and then also we'll be praying for uh, for Jude, my brother-in-law, for his contracting business up in New York. Uh, Robert, uh, Robert's a National Guardsman on the border in uh, here in Eagle Pass. And uh, we're praying for him, for his protection, his safety, and for uh, his gospel witness to uh, the men that he is serving with. Uh, we're praying for Angel for her pregnancy, Isabella for her walk with the Lord, Jessica for her walk with the Lord. Uh, Alex Herrera for uh, for his job and financial situation, and we're also praying for Ulisa, who is uh, enduring a family uh, issue that is very, very, very serious. Uh, we're also for our unspoken prayer requests. Um, those are the prayer requests that we have that we can't give utterance to, uh, maybe because we can't put the right words to it, uh, or it's just something that that really only the Lord needs to know about. So uh, we're praying for Eduardo Rodriguez, Mike Elizalde. Uh, we're praying for Lulu with an unspoken prayer request. And I have uh, a couple of unspoken prayer requests as well. So uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, this evening as we prepare to study your word, Lord, 
we're reminded of the importance and the necessity of prayer. So tonight, Father, we want to pray for those that are on our list for salvation. Lord, we're praying for my mom, Diane, my sister, Laura. We're praying for David in New York City, and we're praying for Furman as well. Lord, we lift them up to you today. We ask you just to reach down from heaven as you did for me. Lord, just reach down your nail-scarred hand and pull them out of the fires of hell. Father God, we pray and we lift them up to you tonight and we ask you, Lord, just uh, just speak to their hearts, draw them to yourselves, impress upon them the importance of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that it's not of good works, it's not of... Uh, not a church membership. It's not how much they give. It's not. It's not uh, taking sacraments. It's not sitting in a little confessional box and taking a cookie. And it's none of that stuff, Lord. It's nothing that we can do. Your book says all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and that there is no name under heaven whereby we must be saved. Uh, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, Lord, that that um, you have to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. So, Lord, please, Father, we ask you just to uh, put it upon them to call upon the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Father, uh, we think about Pastor Martin tonight uh, and his heart conditions, Lord, his eyesight problems. We pray for him, Lord. We lift him up to you. We ask you to bless him and give him peace. Lord, we pray for Mary Perez uh, in, in her battle with cancer. Lord, we pray for my mom, Diane, as she's uh, recovering from this minor procedure she had. And also, Lord, for, um, for uh, the uh, COPD that she, that she is battling with. Lord, for depression that she's going through. Lord, we lift her up to you when you ask you to just bring comfort and grace uh, to her tonight. Lord, we pray for my sister, Laura, uh, for uh, good results from her MRI, for her slipped disc. And Lord, we pray that you would just bring comfort as you touch her body and bring healing. Father, we pray for uh, Bernice as she is uh, continuing this battle with cancer. Lord, we thank you that you have given her grace and mercy, and and Lord, that uh, you have sustained her through this with her family and her husband, Adam, and the children. And Lord, we we pray for the treatments that she is going through. Lord God, we pray that you would use those treatments, that you would um, uh, uh, reduce this cancer, eliminate this cancer. Father God, we pray, and we ask you for that, and we'll be thankful for it. Father, we pray for Alan for uh, prostate cancer that he is enduring and for this uh, surgical procedure that's coming up this month. Lord, we ask that you would guide the surgeons and that they would be able to remove the cancer without any lingering effects afterwards. Father, we lift up Janae, uh, who's also uh, dealing with a heart condition. Lord, we lift her up to you. We ask you to bring uh, healing. Lord, we ask you to touch her and give her grace. And Father, we just pray that you would bring comfort to her today as well. And, uh, Father, that, uh, that you would just let her know that the Lord Jesus Christ, the great physician, is in control. Father, we pray for Furman, who's in the hospital, who's dealing with cancer as well, and this, this L2 fracture in his vertebrae. Father God, we just pray that you would just touch him. Lord, you would give him comfort and peace. And, Lord, that, um, that uh, you would have grace as well as he, uh, as he tries to heal. Father, we also want to uh, pray for... Um, Pray for Jude, my brother-in-law, and his business up in New York City as a contracting business. And Lord, we're, uh, we just lift him up to you. We ask you just to work through him. Father God, we pray for Robert. Uh, we pray for his protection and for his safety and his service on the border. 
And Lord, we pray for uh, his witness to those that he's serving with. And we pray, Father God, that you would just use him as a, as a, as a strong and solid witness for Jesus Christ uh, to, uh, to lead those that he serves with to the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray for, uh, for Angel uh, and her pregnancy. We pray for her husband, Alex, uh, as well. And Lord, we lift, up, lift them up to you, and we're thankful for them. Lord, we want to pray for Isabella and her walk with the Lord. We want to pray for Jessica for her walk with the Lord. Lord, we want to pray for uh, Brother Herrera as, uh, as he's uh, working out a job situation and coming up with the, uh, finan- uh, coming up with the financials uh, to continue to help his dad and for the decisions that he has to make in these next coming days. Father, we just pray that you would give him wisdom, give him insight and understanding and clarity of thought as he makes these decisions, and we'll thank you for that. Lord, we also want to pray for uh, Ulisa, for her uh, situation at home with her family. Lord, it's a difficult situation. I'm, I'm, I, I know a little bit of it and uh, what the background is, but Lord, we, uh, we just pray that you would give Ulisa clarity as she uh, has to make certain decisions in these coming days and weeks and how to proceed with this, uh, this family problem that she's dealing with. And then, Lord, also we want to pray for all of our Border Patrol officers and agents, National Guard and law enforcement that are working here on the border, keeping us safe. And, Lord, we also want to pray for the, uh, all of the local, state, and federal elected officials that have been appointed by the people to represent the people in, in all branches of government. And, Father, we pray that you would raise up folks around them that would provide wide, wise counsel. We pray, Lord, that, that many of them would be saved, that are serving as our elected representatives. And, Father, that, um, that you would just lead them to make decisions that would allow us to continue to live quiet and peaceable lives, as the Scripture tells us. And then, Father, we want to lift up those with the uh, unspoken prayers of their hearts, Lord. We think of Eduardo Rodriguez. We think of Mike Elizalde. We think of Lulu. We th- and, we, of course, Lord, for the, the, uh, the uh, few unspoken prayers of my heart as well. Father, we just pray that you would just, uh, just bring grace, that you would bring comfort, and you would bring mercy where it's all needed. And, Father, for everyone that's on our prayer list and for those that were not mentioned, Father God, we just lift them all up to you again. And we ask you, Father, that you would answer our prayer tonight according to your perfect will for us, for our lives, for those that uh, we hold close to us. And, Lord, that you would receive all the honor, all of the glory and the majesty. For it's in the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ that we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for uh, submitting your prayer requests. If you, if anybody's listening that does have a prayer request, you could always uh, send that prayer request to us uh, by email at info at sortofthespiritpodcast dot com, or you can go onto our website and use that contact form. Or if you are in the chat group, you could always post your prayer request in the chat group as well, and we would be sure to answer that uh, and and uh, pray for you. All right. Uh, we don't have any uh, listener questions for us today, uh, but but we do have a birthday to announce. So uh, one of our listeners, Kathleen, reached out to us and informed us that her birthday uh, was Wednesday, which was yesterday. And uh, But of course, we didn't have our show on Wednesday, so we have it today. So today, we're going to say uh, happy birthday to Kathleen. 
Okay, happy birthday, Kathleen. God bless you, and I really do hope that you have many, many, many more birthdays ahead of you. All right, folks, well, that brings us to our second break of the uh, evening, and we're going to take that break right now, and that'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible, grab yourself a cup of coffee or a bottle of water, and when we come back, we'll be getting into today's Bible study on 2 Timothy chapter 2, part number 4, and we'll be right back. Don't go away.
This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello. Folks, I hope you like, subscribe, and share this with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is so important today, especially, as we see the days coming to an end. So, folks, spread that gospel message out. Let let your family and friends know that there is salvation only in the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, okay, so we are uh, about to get into our study for tonight. Uh, I was just looking at something. I cannot believe that tonight's show on this particular study is part 21 of the whole study that we've been doing on Thursday nights, 21 of these. And we are going to be in 2 Timothy and chapter 2. All right, so grab your Bible and let's open up to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter number 2, and we're going to pick it up in verse number 12, right? Yes, verse number 12. The Bible says this, verse 12, If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. All right, let's stop right there for a second. Reign with him. When? Where? How? What exactly does that mean, reign with him? And that's predicated upon some sort of suffering. So what this is talking about, and if you run this out in comparison with the parable that Jesus told in Luke chapter 19, do you remember what he said to the faithful servant? He said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Have thou authority over ten cities. Then the next guy shows up, and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Have thou authority over five cities. And then, do you remember the guy that... All he did was was bury the pound that the Lord gave him. So he didn't do anything with it, right? And what happened? The Lord rebuked him severely because of that. He didn't do anything 
with what the Lord gave him. So this reigning has to do with the millennial kingdom. When you start reading about the judgment seat of Christ and all these companion passages that are connected with this, you get lots of, uh, get lots of words that have to resonate somewhere if we're going to pay any attention to it. So, for example, the word reward, labor, uh, works, consolation. These are all words that, that blend themselves into this idea that somewhere down the road, God is going to give his people a reward or a consolation or some kind of a prize for their faithfulness, particularly for suffering. You, I mean, folks, you can't ignore it. it. It's so clear and so obvious in the Word of God. So what's it all about? You know, I've had people say to me, after I've taught on the millennial rewards, I've had people say, you know, I don't care about reigning over ten cities. I don't care about reigning over five cities. But let me ask you this. Do you care about God's blessings right now? now you know, I, I would ask that question, and I haven't had anyone ever say to me that they didn't want God's blessings now. Nobody's ever said that to me. Then why would you say you don't want God's blessings in the future? I mean, why would you say that? Unless it's temporary insanity. I, I don't know. But, you know, here in America, we have an opportunity to suffer for Christ, if you want to call it that, easier than about anywhere else in the world. If you want to call our suffering suffering, I mean, it's not really difficult. It's really not hard suffering. Very little harm will come to people if they're being a real witness for Jesus Christ. It's easier to live for Christ here as opposed to a lot of other places in the world. But then that kind of brings us to a question. Is it even possible for the American Christian who still lives in the land of the free and the brave, is it possible to suffer? Now, generally, when we think of suffering, you know, the word brings ideas to mind of, uh, you know, uh, real intense persecution, you know, um, prison camps, you know, Siberia, gulags, torture. Well, you don't have to do that. You know, you can suffer right where you are. And let me show you how, how you can suffer. Because the reigning in the future is predicated on the idea of suffering. That has to generate the question. If that's true, and I'm just, you know, tiptoeing through my Christian life, how can I suffer? Well, take your Bibles and head over to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. One way, one way that we can suffer is by bearing his reproach. Look at verse 12. Hebrews 13, verse 12. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. So it's not your reproach. It's his reproach. Let me ask you, have you ever been called a religious nut? Man, I have. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a good thing. The only thing you need to do 
when people point an accusatory finger at you with that, with that thing is to, just to clarify it for them. You say, well, I'm not a religious nut. I'm a Jesus nut. Most, they don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> you know, just a little clarification. I would say to them, I'm not excited about religion. In fact, I'm probably less excited about religion than you are. I'll freely admit religion has been responsible for the deaths of more people than any one other thing in the history of this planet. And that's a true story. That's a true story. I am not all that thrilled about religion, but I am tickled to death about Jesus Christ. The way the world and their mentality that has been satanically infiltrated, is orchestrated, is to put you on the defensive. But don't be on the defensive. You need to be on the offense. Remember, remember we talked about the shield, the little sword, thrust, right? Do you remember that? We talked about that a few weeks ago. Stick them. If you can't win them, you wound them. You stick them a little bit. You know, I'm thrilled about Jesus Christ, aren't you? I mean, what did he ever do to you? So you have a problem with Jesus Christ? You have a problem with religion? I get that. I'm not in disagreement with you. But what about Jesus? That's what I'm talking about. You see, you do that, and that makes them nervous. People just don't know how to respond to that. You have a problem with Jesus? Did you ever take his name in vain? Well, you must not like him. And if you want to shorten a conversation, that's the, really the way to do it. So the idea of the thing is bearing his reproach is an element of suffering. It says suffered without the gate. So positionally, we need to be outside the gate of the world, not inside the gate of the world, outside the gate of the world. Look with me over in 1 John, 1 John in chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. God calls this suffering, and he rewards suffering because Jesus suffered. Now, you can't duplicate his suffering. You can't. But you can follow in his steps. You can follow his steps, not in his steps. Like the guy that wrote the book, In His Steps, that's a really bad misrepresentation. You can't follow in his steps, but you can follow his steps. See, prepositions make a difference, don't they? All right, First John chapter 2 and verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So, the world needs to be looked at as something inside the gate and you're outside the gate. All right? Bearing reproach. Now, the best way I know how to bear reproach in modern America is just to open your mouth for Jesus Christ. That's the best way. And it won't take long, and someone's going to be you know, reigning or attempting to reign on your parade. Now, again, go on the offensive. You know, we're not just trying to win an argument. We're trying to win a soul. That's what we're trying to do, win a soul. Now, there's another way you can suffer. There's another one. Go with me to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. You don't have to be in a communist gulag to do this. You know, you can be by the warmth of your own wood stove. 
And, you know, those are pretty good, actually. Luke 22, you're never going to reach this level of prayer, probably. I mean, I doubt you will. I don't think I, don't think I will. Just the idea of prayer that's being representative here. Verse 44, speaking of Jesus in the Garden of the Gethsemane, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Now that's a pretty serious prayer. No one in the history of the universe had anything more serious to pray about than Jesus Christ. He was anticipating going to the cross. And it wasn't just the physical agony and suffering of the cross that Jesus was praying about. You know, if you read the whole chapter, what Jesus was really praying about was the separation that he had never experienced in all of eternity from God the Father. That's what Jesus is so incredibly concerned about. He's praying, and in his prayer, he's enduring extreme suffering. Now, you and I are never going to suffer like that in our prayers. But the idea is that prayer is an exercise that does constitute, at times, its own element of suffering. Even for us, casual, spiritual has-beens. You say, well, what do you mean? What I mean is this. Do you ever find prayer difficult? You know, praying for folks you don't particularly like is difficult. Over in Luke chapter 6, the Lord commanded that. He said we ought to pray for folks we don't like. And there's a certain reward for that. And I think one of the most distressing elements of prayer is staying focused. Don't you? Because, you know, when, when you've entered your prayer closet, you've entered the front lines of the war. And it is so obvious, and it is so evident. I mean, you get down to pray, and maybe you're praying over the prayer list, or maybe you're praying for somebody else. You're, you're praying for God's will or, uh, and, and some revelation as to what God may want you to do in a particular situation or circumstance. You know, you're praying along, and, and then all of a sudden, you're thinking about grocery shopping. Or you're, or you're thinking about something that it, it might be a, a million different things, Right? That, I mean, that's proof. That is proof positive that you've entered the war zone. Now, if someone says, that's not me, no, sir, I stay totally focused on my prayer. Well, you're either a spiritual giant or an intellectual midget, <laughs> one or the other. I don't know which. I mean, it's one or the other because, boy, honestly, that's where the battle is, man. That's where the battle is. No wonder, Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. No wonder. That is the absolute evidence of it. Now, what did Jesus pray about? Well, go with me over to Mark and chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, and let's look at verse 33. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed, and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch. And he went forward a little, and fell on the ground, and prayed that, if it were possible, 
the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. Now, what, now what's, what is Jesus really praying about here? What's he really praying about? He's praying about sin. He's praying about sin, and it's not his sin. It's the sin of the world that's going to end up descending upon his very soul. Did you ever pray about your sin? Hopefully you can identify. And if you can, ask the Lord to help you. That's where the hard work really is. But that's not all. Look over in John. John chapter 17. John chapter 17 and verse number 9. Now, this is called the high priestly prayer of Jesus Christ. This is his prayer as he's getting ready to descend to Pilate's judgment hall on Calvary's mountain. Now, here we are in John chapter 17 and verse 9. I pray for them. Now, this is the Lord. This is the Lord. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. They are thine. In this hour of incredible, immense distress that's beyond our ability to even imagine, Jesus is still praying for others. That's just, I mean, that, that's, that's just, that's a wild thing when you really think about it. Praying for others. You know, frequently people come to me and they ask me to pray for them. Okay, all right. Is there anything wrong with that? No. No. I mean, don't we do that in the first part of the broadcast? But, you know, I, I think, it, sh I think it, 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 sure, I think it aids and abets the willingness to pray for someone else if that request is accompanied by, oh, by the way, I have a neighbor, a friend that I'm praying for. So the question is, who are you praying for? Should all the focus be on you and on your prayer request? And that's a lesson that, remember earlier I told you that a lot of times I'm preaching, I'm, I'm preaching and I'm teaching not just for you, but for me too. You know, if you've been listening to the show for any lengthy period of time, you know in the last couple of weeks, you know, uh, things haven't been so focused for me. I have a lot of things going on right now. And I find myself, and I found myself as I was studying this, praying so much for myself that I forgot to pray for other people, particularly the other people that are involved. And that's hard. That's hard. But we should focus on other people as well. So who are you praying for? Prayer. So bearing his reproach, prayer, anybody can suffer to some degree in praying. Let's go over to 1 Peter. 1 Peter in chapter 2. 1 Peter in chapter 2, 
okay, and verse 21. 1 Peter 2, verse 21. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. There it is. Follow his steps. Not in his steps. Follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges, judgeth righteously, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. So do you know what he's talking about? Do you know what he's talking about? Jesus gave. He gave. I don't suppose that many people give to the extent where it hurts. Jesus did. Jesus did. You know, some some people say that tithing isn't New Testament. Well, they're absolutely correct. It's not. Grace ought to exceed anything given to us in the Old Testament. Amen? Grace should exceed the law. And if it's present and working in our lives, it absolutely will. Now, there was a study done some years ago to determine that higher income results in lower giving. So uh, the Chronicle of Philanthropy found that Americans who earned at least $200,000 gave nearly 5% less to charity in 2012 than in 2006. The poorest Americans, those who took home $25,000 or less, actually increased their giving by nearly 17%. Now, if you want, you can adjust that to today's dollars, but the ratio is still the same. The higher the income means low, the lower giving. According to an IRS income analysis, Americans who itemize their deductions give less than 3% of their adjusted gross income to church and other charities, less than 3%. So really, most people aren't familiar with giving until it hurts. And I can't say that I'm an expert on that personally, but, but I know that you can't outgive God. You know, there have been a couple of times in my life where it came down to if I gave my tithe, there wasn't any grocery money. I mean, none. No grocery money. That's at the crux of temptation. But you know, every time God came through, God came through. I put my tithe in the offering offering plate and said, okay, Lord, here it is. And, you know, I didn't have enough for food. And when I got home from church, you know, my neighbor came up to me and said that he and his family were heading out of town on a family emergency, and they had just gotten back from grocery shopping. And he told me just to go into his house and help myself to anything I could use so that it wouldn't spoil before they got back. God came through. God came through. You can't outgive God. Giving can be a kind of a suffering. Giving can be kind of suffering. All right, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and what we're going to do is we're going to take our break, and when we come back, we're going to continuing on. We'll, we, we will be continuing on with our study in Second Timothy chapter number 2. We'll be right back. Oh, the blood of Jesus. 
blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white as Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. My name is Joe Rusiello, and we are broadcasting to you live over Spreaker this evening. And we are studying 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we were talking about uh, how giving can be a kind of suffering. 
giving can be a kind of suffering. Now, having said that, that brings us to the reigning part. Rewards are going to be passed out of the judgment seat of Christ, as found uh, typified in Luke chapter 19 and then, and then described in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, right? Okay, so let's actually go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. All right, 1 Corinthians, that would be before 2 Corinthians. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward." See, a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. All right, so there are going to be a lot of people who walk away from the judgment seat of Christ with no reward, but they don't lose their salvation. They're saved so as by fire. So in other words, the fire burned up any potential reward, but that doesn't mean they're lost. Quite the contrary. So the Bible says that there's a consolation available for the suffering saint. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. Now, a consolation prize. You know, everybody's used to that word, right? I didn't win, but I got a consolation. You know, there, were, there was something else to take its place. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we, whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. For we would, not have, we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. And that's suffering. That's suffering. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead, who also delivered from us delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Ye also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be, may, may be given by many on our behalf. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world, and more abundantly to you, word. For we write none other things unto you than what ye read or acknowledge, and I trust ye shall acknowledge even to the end, as also you have acknowledged us, in part, that we are your rejoicing, even as ye also are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, now, the day of the Lord Jesus is the judgment seat of Christ. Now, Paul says, now look, 
You can find some consolation in us, but I find consolation in you. You are my rejoicing. Which then leads us, that whole concept of consolation leads us to the idea of the crowns. Now, if you suffer in this life for the Lord Jesus, what he's telling us is he's not going to let that go unnoticed. God notices and God will reward accordingly. You will be rewarded, and that will be your consolation. Your consolation over there will be much greater than anything you have to suffer over here. And that's a hard concept because, you know, we live in the nasty now and now, don't we? And seldom do we seriously give any thought to the sweet by and by. God says... God says, you pay a price here, you get a reward over there. When you stop and think about it, I mean, doesn't that make perfect sense to you? Of course it does. It should. If that wasn't the program, then that word reward, speaking of some future reward in the day of Christ, wouldn't even be in your Bible, folks. So we actually have the opportunity to earn a reward. Now, those rewards in your Bible are symbolized by crowns, reigning. And if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. You know, people that reign, royalty, you know, they wear crowns, don't they? And so the crown is representative and symbolic of reigning. So when you get into your New Testament, there are five crowns that are made available to the New Testament Christian, and they'll be distributed at the judgment seat of Christ. Five crowns. Now, we kind of went over this uh, last week, uh, but very quickly, we're going to look at each one of them again right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, every one of these crowns can be its own lesson, its own message, but we're not going to do that, okay? But they do certainly deserve it, all right? Here's number one. Here's number one. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 25. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring into, into subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So this is called the incorruptible crown. This crown is won by saying no to the flesh and yes to the spirit. The flesh is always making constant demands on us, isn't it? It's just, I want, I want, I need, I need. Uh, that's the demands of the flesh. You know, sometimes these fleshly demands aren't all necessary either. So the Lord says, can you say no to the flesh and yes to the spirit? Then that constitutes a crown. All right, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19. Paul is writing to these new Christians, many of whom he personally won to Christ and influenced them in the right direction. And so then he says here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and verse 19, For what is our hope, or joy, or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. That crown of rejoicing is what we call the soul winner's crown. Now, that's a crown that you receive for winning people to the Lord. You don't lead, if you don't lead people to Christ, you don't lead people to Christ if you don't care about their souls. 
you know, you just end up talking about the weather and baseball politics, you know, whatever. But if you really care about their soul, you'll zero in on their soul. Amen. So do you know what that is? That's a crown for you guys. That crown is represented by those individuals who, as Paul says, you are a crown of rejoicing. So it's the soul winner's crown. Now, you might be saying to yourself, yeah, well, you know, I, I've never been good at talking to people about their soul, you know, yada, yada, yada. Well, you know what? Get better at it. Get better. Work at it. Improve your technique. You know, a great deal of this ministry is dedicated to give you ammunition. That's what this is all about. Well, you know, I just get tongue-tied. I, I, I can't answer the arguments. Well, then get them to church. Get them around somebody that can talk better. You know, have a little barbecue at your house. Invite some folks that you've been working on. Invite some church folks over that have the gift of gab. Amen? You see what I'm saying? Come up with a plan. Come up with a strategy. A strategy. A strategy. I'll get it right. Um, remember those four guys that had a friend and they were desperate to get their friend to Jesus? Do you remember them? The friend was crippled and he couldn't do anything. So do you know what they did? They knew Jesus was in this house, but there was this huge crowd all around the house and there was, in, there was no way to penetrate that crowd. So they said, well, I guess this, this, this just isn't our lucky day. I guess we'll just have to pack them up and go home. Is that what they did? Do you remember the story? No, that's not what they did. They found a way to get that guy up on the roof and then tore a hole in the roof and let him down with ropes right in front of Jesus. They would not be denied. They came up with a plan and they executed their plan. Plan to work and work your plan. Work your plan. Do you know what all that results in? All of that results in a soul winner's crown. Then over in 2 Timothy in chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 7, Paul said, I fought a good fight. You know, this is, this is Paul's swan song. You know, he's saying goodbye. This is just before he dies. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them that love his appearing. So <clears throat> this is called the crown of righteousness, and the crown of righteousness is awarded to those who love the idea, the concept of the Lord showing up, that love his appearing. If we really love his appearing, we're going to live like we love his appearing. We're going to talk like we love his appearing. We're going to behave like we love his appearing. A crown of righteousness. A crown of righteousness. All right, go over to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Now, we're flying through these. You know, we're not giving them the time they really deserve. But if you listen to our message from last week, from Sunday, a new start, we get into much more detail about these five crowns. So here's a commercial. Head on over there and check it out. James chapter 1. But you get the idea, though. right? James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and verse 12. Blessed is the man 
that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. So this is the crown of life, and this is awarded to those that endure temptation. You know, they get through it. They get beyond it. All right, and there's one more. All right, First uh, Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter 5. It's the next book, to op- next book over from where you are in James. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Now, I've heard it taught and preached and read in commentaries that this is a so-called pastor's crown. Because if you go back and you read the preceding verses, it talks about the elders and so on, you know, feed the flock of God which is among you, uh, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. You know, but I believe that it extends beyond that. I believe that uh, every individual can have their own flock. Now, you've heard me mention, you know, your sphere of influence, you know, whatever it is. And if you're faithful in doing what you can to feed the flock with the proper motive, with the proper reason, you know, um, discipling people that have come to the Lord, encouraging them any way you can, that's a crown of glory. That's a crown of glory. Now, having said all that, the question is, what good is a crown? I mean, really. The Lord's passing out these crowns at the judgment seat of Christ, okay? Well, what are you going to do with the crowns? The Lord gives you a crown or two crowns or three crowns or, or whatever. You know, here's your crowns. Terrific. Well, what do I do? <laughs> Hire someone to follow me around with my wheelbarrow full of crowns? <laughs> what do I do with these crowns? Well, someone says, cast them at the feet of your Savior. And that has a biblical residence, and that's all true. But then what? But then what? Look with me over in Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. The Lord, at the judgment seat of Christ, is going to be distributing crowns. Okay, that's great. If it comes from the Lord, I don't mean to minimize it at all, but, and that'll be phenomenal. It'll be a phenomenal blessing. What a wonderful display of His grace and His mercy. Now, here in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 24, the crown of the wise is their riches, but the foolishness of fools is folly. So the crown of the wise is their riches. Now, it's the same book that says, he that winneth souls is wise. Soul winner's crown. Now, go with me to Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15 and verse 6, just one chapter over. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse number 6. In the house of the righteous is much treasure, but in the revenues of the wicked is trouble. But what do you mean, Lord? In the house of the righteous is much treasure. You know, because a lot of people that are very righteous are really very poor, aren't they? Well, one more. Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13 and verse number 7. There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. Well, how can that be? That doesn't even sound logical. There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, 
yet hath great riches. Hmm. Did you got that? Did you get it? All right, now here's the idea. There are some people that make themselves poor for the Lord's sake, and yet they have great riches. When and where their crowns are the basis of their millennial economy. Do you know what the Lord's going to do during that 1,000-year millennial kingdom? Man, he's going to balance the books. That's what he's going to do. That's what the whole thing is all about. Now, this is a dispensational fact that's almost beyond the ability to grasp, but when you get beyond the millennium, then you're off into eternity future. And it appears in eternity future, everything's on a level playing field. And you pick that up in the book of Romans. But do you know what the, what the millennial kingdom does? Not only does it prove the authority and the kingship of Jesus Christ, not only does it grant him the opportunity to reign over the kingdoms of this world with a rod of iron, but it also provides the Lord an opportunity to balance the books for a thousand years. Now, here's a guy. He's saved. He's born again. He knows the Lord. No question about it. But he just kind of, you know, just bounces his way through his Christian life. La, 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 la. Serving the Lord has never been a high priority with him. So he just kind of flops along here and there. Um, do you think there are folks like that? Yeah, there are. There are a lot of folks like that. Are they saved? Yeah, some of them are. But they're just as saved, and, and they're just as saved as you and I are. But they've never grasped the idea of taking their spirituality and their Christianity real seriously. Conversely, here's this guy. He may or may not be wealthy. He has a lot of he, he has a lot of of the things of the world. He floats along. He does his thing. You know, and then 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 here's some eighty year old grandma living in a cabin in the Ozarks, and there's a couple of marks on that old wood floor that they're that they're just kind of grooves about a half inch deep where she's been on her knees every day of her life praying for others. Do you think a righteous God has the obligation to balance the books? He will. He's going to make absolutely no mistake about it. So the rewards for for a thousand years. Now, folks, I know a thousand years is minuscule compared to eternity, but a thousand years is still kind of a long time, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say? So a thousand years, the Lord says, have thou authority over five cities, reigning with Christ, reigning with Christ. Now, again, I go back to my original proposition. I don't care anything about reigning. I mean, are you seriously trying to tell me you don't care anything about God's blessings? About God's endorsements? Now, what kind of thing is that? Really, what kind of thing is that? Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. My name is Joe Rusiello, and we are going through 2 Timothy chapter number 2. We're going to take our last break right here, and when we come back, we're going to wrap up this study in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Folks, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Hit that five-star uh, rating for us if you feel we deserve it. Don't forget to check out the uh, Spreaker chat group on, on the Spreaker app and platform. And when we get back, again, we'll wrap all this up for you. Don't go away. Alone 
in the darkness you're wandering. Is Jesus still listening to me? Is he truly aware of my suffering? And is this the way it always will be? My friend, I know the answer to your question, but don't trust my opinion alone. You should ask a host of others, sisters and brothers, who have been there and their stories live on. Just ask the woman. Wanting to walk one more mile, my mind filled with unanswered questions, hiding tears behind every smile. But then I drew strength from those pilgrims, the ones who were the first to believe. When their faith reached out to touch him, his arms reached back to help them, and he's able to do the same for you and me. Just as the woman at the well, the thief on the cross, the lame man who's walking, Dumb, tell it all, ask the beggars and lepers who've been touched by his hand. Can he handle an impossible task? They'll know the 
Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Ruscielo, and we are uh, uh, in Second Timothy chapter number two. So uh, all of the things that we've been talking about indicate that we need to look to the future. Amen. Amen. Now let's go back and wrap this up with one last deal over here in Second uh, Timothy, Second Timothy chapter two and verse twelve. Second Timothy chapter two verse twelve. This is a verse that a lot of people get theologically harbored on, trying to prove that you can lose your salvation. Second Timothy chapter two and verse twelve. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. Well, you see there. The Lord will deny you if you don't suffer. You don't pay the price. The Lord's going to deny you. But folks, remember, a text without a context is a what? Is a pretext, right? Now, the context here is not salvation. It's not salvation. It's rewards. That's the context. Deny us what? Rewards. Let's go back to Luke chapter 19 and the parable. Remember, the guy that didn't do anything with the pound that the Lord gave him, and he went out and buried it. Do you remember that? Well, what did the Lord say? He said, take from him that hath the pound and give it to him that hath the ten. So he was denied any reward. Now, for folks that insist on believing that that has to do with denying salvation, the Holy Spirit inserted verse 13 for the benefit of those folks. If we believe not yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Now this answers a question, you know, you know, this verse, you need to know where you can find it. It's important. You need to know this verse. You need to know where you can find it. You need to, you need to underline it. You need to write it on the flyleaf of your Bible. You need to be able to get your hands on it in a moment's notice because you're eventually going to be in a conversation with someone if you open your mouth to the Lord, and here's the way it's going to go. Someone's going to say, you mean to tell me that a murderer can go to heaven? And you know enough now that you can say, yeah, Moses did. David did. You mean to tell me that an adulterer can go to heaven? Yeah, David did. But here's where they think they've got you. Well, what if someone quits believing? You mean to tell me they're still saved? Well... What's the verse say? If we believe not, yet he abide faithful, he cannot deny himself. You see, you, you see, your salvation is not predicated upon you. It's determined by the work and the promise of Jesus Christ. He can't deny himself. If he said, well, I'm going to throw you out with the garbage then he's denying himself. So a guy says, you know, I quit believing. Okay, people quit believing, but do they really quit believing? If they're really saved? Now I'm going to close with this illustration. This is not my story, not at all, but it's a powerful illustration. A preacher that I admire very much and learned much from told me this story uh, about an old high school friend of his. And his friend was a vibrant Christian. He was an influential in, in leading him to Christ. This friend witnessed and he prayed, went to church, did all the right things. After high school, he went to a Christian college that's not even worth mentioning by name. 
but uh, Christian College. Do you know what they did down there in this Christian College? Well, they talked him out of his Bible in the originals and translations. And all these professors got, got, got up and spewed that junk. That guy's friend left there after one year, totally discouraged. And he said, I don't have a Bible. These guys keep criticizing it and changing it. And that's in a Christian college, folks. Christian college. So he went to a different school. He went to a secular school. He got his degree in psychology. And then he went to another school. I don't remember which one it was. I, I think it was LSU, maybe. Uh, but he got his master's degree. And then he went out to Berkeley and got his PhD in psychology. He was a smart guy. He set up a practice as a child psychologist and was very successful and very well-known. All the elites and all the rich folks that were very well-esteemed and, and well-established brought their kids to see Doc. You know, time went on, and my preacher friend was out there uh, uh, where Doc was practicing, and, and he looked him up. And, uh, you know, he had a chance to visit with him and his wife, you know. And modern psychology is great. They had one little girl that he said was the biggest brat he'd ever seen. And this is a child psychologist, you know. You know, in time, Doc came down with a terminal illness, and my friend went to see him in the hospital. And, uh, you know, Doc asked him to do his funeral. And uh, in due time, you know, Doc passed away. And they, they rented a big hall. And uh, he said that there had to have been more than 400 people there. And he stood up and told them, uh, you know, Doc must have been a great prankster. Because Doc, the child psychologist, asked him, his old friend, I mean, a true Bible-believing hellfire brimstone preacher to do his funeral. And he gave them a gospel message. But do you know what else that guy requested? Now, here was a guy that got, got so immersed in worldly psychology that when my friend visited him in the hospital, he opened up his drawer and he pulled out a rock. And he said, do you know what that is? He said, that's a healing crystal. That's going to heal me. Well, folks, I think you should know that he had the wrong rock. Well, it didn't heal him. But he was so immersed in that worldly thinking. So, but number one, at his funeral, he said he wanted that old preacher friend to preach it. That was number one. Number two, he wanted a Southern Gospel Quartet to sing at his funeral. And they did. And he said they did an amazing job. The third request was, at the conclusion of the service, he wanted my preacher friend to lead the entire group in Jesus Loves Me, This I Know. Let me ask you something. Do you think he really quit believing? He got sidetracked. Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. But he didn't quit believing. Or he, had ne or, or he never would have said, lead them in Jesus loves me, this I know. Are you with me? So don't twist the scripture and make it say what it doesn't say. You know, allow, just allow it to say what it actually does say. Amen? Amen. All right, folks. Well, that'll just about do it for uh, today's show, today's episode of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We were looking at 2 Timothy chapter 2. This is part 4 
of Second Timothy chapter 2, and uh, we're only up to verse 12, so we got a ways to go yet. So folks, I just want to say uh, I really do appreciate you tuning in. Thank you so very, very much. Make sure you head over to swordofthespiritpodcast.com and look for that uh, contact button and send us over a message and your prayer requests. Also, look for that support this podcast button as well. And if you can help us out with a monthly contribution, we would be very thankful and appreciative for it. Folks, thanks again so much for tuning in. God bless you. Win the lost at all costs. You guys take care. Lord willing, I'll see you Sunday. God bless you. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.